0: All right, we are continuing on our series. As you know, we said that the next three years we'll be focusing on these three areas. Growth, grace, and... Let's say it again. Growth, grace, and Yeah, we're going to be focusing on that. We're going to look at that. I felt led of the Lord that the next three years in our church, these will be the areas where we're going to see God move in incredible ways. And so we will structure all our teachings around that subject. This month, we are focusing on growth. And in particular, we want to talk about the laws of the harvest. We're talking about the seven laws of the harvest. We started last week. We want to continue on that. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22 is our anchor verse, is the main text that we have. And it reads as follows in the King James Version. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. The New English translation reads, while the earth continues to exist, planting time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will not cease. The Message Bible reads, for as long as the earth lasts, planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never stop. Remember the background of our text here. In Genesis 8, this is after God had taken Noah and his family out of the ark. God had destroyed the earth through the flood. And when the waters dried off, he took Noah out of the ark. The Bible tells us that Noah and his family, together with some animals and some birds, had been spared by God. So when Noah exited the ark with his family, verse 20 tells us that he built an altar unto the Lord and he offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelt the sweet aroma, he said to himself, I will never again kiss the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think and imagine is bent towards evil. And God then speaks to Noah and says, I want you to know that summer and winter, heat and cold, day and night, will be there for as long as the earth is. And God is saying that because when the flood came, it disturbed the cycle and the seasons that earth used to operate on. See, so God has established the earth on principles. And God has established the earth on a rhythm or on what we call laws. There's natural laws. We also know that there's spiritual laws. And these principles, these laws are there in the world. They operate, they run our world, and our world is almost like on this cycle. A law of nature or a principle of nature is something that comes first before everything. So even before men could be placed here on earth, these laws were there. Therefore, if you are wise, you will learn what these laws are and cooperate with them. Because... Laws don't have feelings. Laws don't have emotions. Laws don't say you don't know. Laws don't say you are innocent. Laws don't care who you are, where you come from. They don't care about your background. If you work the law, the law will work as you work it. If a few months old baby crawled up the stage, right, and came up to the edge and crawled off the stage, the law of gravity will not say dipunka punga <laughs> The law of gravity will just say, oy. And the baby will experience the law of gravity. Even if the poor thing doesn't even know what gravity is, laws work. So the best you can do is to cooperate with the laws. Note this, disregarding a principle will result in shipwreck. As happens when ships ignore the warning from the lighthouse. Right now, something very topical that we heard about on the 18th of last month is the catastrophic implosion of the Titan submersible. This particular event that happened is when they took this particular submersible, which uh, was made out of carbon fiber, and took it to the depths of the sea. And the report is that it imploded probably because of the material from which it was made. It was made out of carbon fiber. And now, as the experts are telling us and talking to us, one of the things you note is that the inventors, as much as they were creative, they seem to have disregarded certain laws of nature. Because carbon fiber is used with airplanes when they fly them up in the sky, And of course, you know that the air cabin gets pressurized with air. So as a plane flies, there's more pressure inside the plane than there is outside the plane. But the same principle doesn't apply under the sea. Because under the sea, then, there's a lot more pressure from the outside than there is on the inside. And this material had not been tested in conditions like that. And what has happened? As a result of ignoring the laws of nature or not taking precautions, if I may Say so, we have lost. The, we have had an unnecessary death of five people. You see, laws—they don't care even if you say you don't know. You know, even if you're on an expedition or you're a historian or you're adventurers, laws work when you work them. And if you understand that, then we will be intentional about the application of the laws. And one of those laws is the laws of sowing and reaping. The Bible tells us about principles and the rhythm upon which the earth operates. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 to everything there is a season a time for every purpose under heaven a time to be born a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal a time to break down a time to build up. And so God reaffirms these laws with Noah and says to him, you've got to understand that there'll always be seed time and harvest. Which means this, if the world operates on this law, everything we do in our lives is seed time and harvest. All of life is seed time and harvest. And Paul says, don't be deceived. Whatever a man sows, That shall he reap. In other words, you can expect to reap something different from what you are sowing. Therefore, we need to be paying attention, therefore, to how we live our lives, to how we run our lives, because all of life is about sowing. We sow through our actions. We sow through our words. We sow through our attitudes. We sow through our thoughts. We sow through our decisions. We sow through our associations. You can't hang around bad people and expect to be good yourself. You may be good initially, but ultimately, some of their anointing is going to rub off on you. And you're going to start talking like them and behaving like them and at worst thinking like them. We sow through obedience and disobedience. And so Galatians 6, 7, the second part says, whatsoever, that word whatsoever suggests that all of life is about sowing and reaping. So we sow all the time. And so here are the laws. We've got seven of them. Number one, we reap in a different season than we sow. We read that last week. Oftentimes people saw, and they don't see any harvest, and they assume that it was a waste of time. You may have sown good actions, did all the right things, prayed, believed God, used your faith, and it may seem like it was a waste of time. But you know, the Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap. And here's the condition, if you faint not. Obviously, people may do wrong things and think that they got away with it. <laughs> you know, one of the uh, things that uh, has struck me, particularly about people who are, who are, who are boxers, you know, is that, uh, you, know, you know, boxing is, as much as it's a sport we we'll watch, but it's quite a dangerous sport. And, and, and one of the things that they teach these, uh, the, 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 the people who are into boxing, is to learn to protect themselves because, you know, when you, are being, when you are boxing and they hit you in the head, it can affect you, you know. And there's some of the people who are in boxing who later on in their lives, you know, all those punches that they used to absorb all the years, start taking their toll on them. Now, here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. You know, when you're at a certain age and when you're at a certain stage of health, you can just take in any punishment. Any punishment. I mean, there's people who, you know, they got injuries when they were young. So they never went to the doctor. They never checked. It was fine. You were young. You just shook it off. All right. And all of a sudden, when you reach 40, you start having problems. Now, at the time when the injury happened and you shook it off, you felt, no, I've I've gotten away with it. But you see, life is not like that. Whatever we sow, it it comes around. So that was the first principle. And I don't want to spend too much on that. But we reap in a different season. The positive and the negative of this principle applies. Let's go to law number two. Look at your neighbor and say, Labor. This is law number two. Law number two says, We reap only what has been sown. We reap only what has been sown. In other words, In life we have choices. And these choices affect us on a daily basis. And whatever we do every day with these choices, that's what we are going to reap. Our choices affect us far more in dramatic ways than we realize. And that is why then when Paul writes in Ephesians 5, verse 15, he says, and I read the New Century Version, so be careful how you live Be careful how you live. Do not live like those who are not wise. But live wisely. Use every chance you have for doing good. Why Paul? Because these are evil times. He says don't be foolish but learn what the Lord wants you to do. Can I get an amen for that? Be careful. Be careful how you live. Why? Because... You are only going to reap only what you have sown. You know, it's, it's very strange, and I was saying it in the first service, how? Just on a natural level, you know, just generally speaking, Jin. Let's accept, you know, uh, oftentimes as human beings, we don't like to eat healthy food. <laughs> and I don't know why I'm standing this side <laughs> and looking at people this side. Well, we don't like to eat healthy food. You know, people... People don't like eating healthy food. You know, they just eat you know, fried food, all kinds of junk, and, all kinds of, and we eat, and we eat, and we eat. You know, when you're young, and you have a fast metabolism, and you're still active, that's not a problem. Your metabolism burns it off. You're young. You spring, you nya, 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 And then you get to a certain age where the fried stuff gets stuck somewhere in your meat section. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? And, and here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. When that happens, we, 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 we kind of wonder, Mara, Mara, why? <laughs> aren't, aren't we funny people? Aren't we funny people? Aren't we funny people? You know? And I was saying, we have a choice to eat healthy food. And by the way, healthy food is not necessarily expensive. You can, you can plant some of the things in your backyard. But not many people like to eat cabbage and broccoli and cauliflower, yuck, and all these uh, What about, and I was telling the ladies, and I'm going to come back here. Ladies, the best way you can have a glowing skin is not (laughs) ambi. I don't know why I'm standing here. There's someone who's using ambi here. I just feel led to come and bring deliverance in this section. You want to be a yellow bone, no need to use ambi. All you have to do is just to drink water. You know, there's many people who don't drink water. Generally speaking, people don't drink water, you know. And, and it's, it's something that we should do. And if you drink enough water, it will help you. It will show up on your skin. You know? You don't have to be gobissing all kinds of ratas. And... Ah, 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 ah. Anybody knows that? You, you can do that. But a, I don't know why there was an amen here. It's gone. And I'm going to stand right here. <laughs> but it's so strange that we, we kind of want to act like we don't understand why certain things are happening to us. And what we're saying in short is, I don't want to reap only what I have sown. But if you understand this principle, then you become intentional about how you live your life. In Psalms 90, Moses says, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Teach us to be intentional about how we handle every day, about the choices I make, the decisions I make, the places I go to, the things I read, the words I speak, the places I hang around, whatever it is that I put in my mind. Teach me to number my days. In the contemporary English version, it says, teach us to use wisely all the time we have. In other words, when you understand this, you live as a person who is conscious of their decision, yeah. intentional about what they do, choosing about what they saw in their, life, their lives. In other words, you don't let your life just be carried along by circumstances, by whim, and by popular opinion. You become a man, a woman, who is is driven, you know where you're going, and you know exactly what you're doing because you realize I may be in a season now where all that I'm doing is just to sow. I'm going to school. I'm following the Lord. I'm praying. I'm investing in my spiritual life. I am hanging in the right atmosphere. I'm going to church. I'm hanging around the right people. I may not have a Lamborghini yet. I may not have money yet. I may not be popular yet. Mara, I know little that do by that time will come. But I'm being very intentional about what I'm doing right now. And so he says, teach us to be wise. Why? Because we understand we reap only what we sow. In short, we need to be doing what we can do. And make sure, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, that our labor is not in vain. That in areas where we know it is good seed, we will labor more abundantly oh my goodness we will work harder in sowing the right seeds we will go overboard in doing what is right because we know the consequences will come and the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 3 6 and 7 that God will bring an increase in our lives number 3 we reap not only what we've sown but we reap the same kind as we saw. What do we mean by that? You can't sow peaches and expect watermelon. And, and this is where you know when people sometimes bemoan the fact that they they, they have been unfortunate in life. Sometimes you kinda want to sit them down and say, No, 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 we 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 must admit bias. We all don't have the same background. It's true. And there are times when we are born into a background that's not of the best. That's true. That's true. That's true. But when you reach a certain age, there comes a point where you must just say, what's king?" In spite of my background. Do you understand? I mean, if you are still two years old, four years old, we understand, all right? Maybe a teenager. Maybe in your early 20s, we understand. But if you are still blaming your background at 40... Look at your neighbor and say, wrong, go up. <laughs> now, we are not saying that your path will be an easy one in case you misunderstand. No, that's not what we are saying. You may have to work 10 times more than the others because you are dealing with a lot more resistant forces than other people. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's accepted. But if it's still at the age of 40, you are still blaming your great-great-great-grandma. It's amazing how this principle... Is what people don 't realize that our lives get on a slippery slope where just one wrong decision takes us off course you 've heard me tell you the story of a, 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 a he was a this guy he what, 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 what term am i looking for i 'm trying to use a proper term he a technician i think that would be a better description who was fixing you know these uh, uh uh, satellite dishes, you know, like the smaller ones that they were fixing. And, and, and there's, there's a guy who was looking at this guy working back then, before they were as small as they are now, and before technology was as advanced. And they had to keep adjusting them. So he's watching this guy and he's adjusting it. And he said, at a point when I'm looking at this guy, he, he's adjusting it, but it doesn't even seem like he's making adjustment. But you can see he's adjusting. And, and he, he'll adjust and he'll use his apparatus adjust almost like sometimes just adjust, just a little bit. And I said to the guy, why are you doing that? He said, well, I have to make sure that this uh, 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 satellite is facing exactly in the right direction to be able to receive the signal. Or rather, to be able to send out the signal in the right direction. Because it's, it's, it was one of that sends out a signal. And he said, but your adjustment doesn't seem like much of an adjustment. He says, yeah, I know it's only, it's only out by just a few uh, millimeters. He said, well, you don't understand. Once it sends a signal out of here and it's just out by a few millimeters, the longer it stays on course and the further it goes, by the time it's supposed to reach its target, it will be out by several kilometers. So, and this is the tragedy of life. Where at the point you just make one small decision. You know, it, at that point, it, that decision is not, it's, it doesn't even affect you. It's Just a small decision. But the longer you stay, of course, in Africans we, in Africans we say, eight decours eight. The longer you stay eight decours eight, the farther away you are from the truth. And this is how deception works. And this is how this principle works. You look at the life of David, for instance. You can read it. I'm not going to read all the to it in 2 Samuel chapter 11. David on the one night, one day rather, as a king who was supposed to be at war, right? First of all, he didn't go to war, right? And he woke up during the day, went up on his balcony, Right, and then sees this woman taking a bath in a stream right this woman oblivious to the fact that there's a stalker in the surrounding she's taking a bath as women used to do back then for some reasons that I won't go into and the man you know the first look is innocent because you didn't know what you're going to see I see you want to hide some of you. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't know. You just, you didn't know. Mara, the second one is intentional and calculated. Look at your neighbor and say, no, he's talking about somebody I know. Yeah. Not only that he have the second look, he starts lasting after the woman to a point that after all that, he talks to his servants and says, look, I saw this girl over there. You guys go and find out who she is. So, it, 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 yeah, the, 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 one, the first thing was, the brother should have been at war. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I said. The, the brother should be at the war front. But he didn't go. Just, so, I'm just trying to show you how this thing morphs into something bigger. It's just a little bit out when you start. But it gets down as slippery slope. So, they give him feedback. This is uh, so-and-so's wife. Her name is Bathsheba. And David says, well, where's the husband? They said, no, the husband, he's not really a warrior. And David says, no, 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 no. I want this girl. (laughs) So, I'm going to send the husband to war. Now go and read it, don't harm me. Read it, it's in the Bible. Go and read it, it's in the Bible. And not only am I going to send him to war, I'm going to put him in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing leads to the other. Man dies, the woman conceives a child of David, and you read of everything that had gone well in David's life, that was the turning point. And from that time just went down here. Just one foolish decision. One unguarded moment. Yeah. Just one. And this is where honestly we really need God's intervention. When we have been foolish to do things that we shouldn't do. It's only God who can jump in and interrupt a life going down here. Only God. Only God. But David, since that time, his life was never the same. He coveted his neighbor's wife. He committed adultery. That's 2 Samuel 11.4. He committed murder. This guy. Then he stole, he bore false witness. When the prophet came and took, he spoke in light, you know. And the Bible does give us an admonition. So we should be aware that we can't sow one thing and expect something different. And that's why, therefore, we need to be intentional. The Bible says, he who sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Amen. But he who sows to the Spirit, shall of the Spirit live, reap everlasting life. Can I hear an amen in the house? Amen. So we need to be intentional about what we sow. Let's go to number three. But before that, number what? Four. four. Yes. Are we on number four? Yes. Okay, let's finish off number three. Write this down. Sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. See, you see, where where we go, and where we end up is really affected by the principle of sowing and reaping. And so, if you, if you sow bad thoughts, if you don't use God's word to renew your mind and fill your mind with God's word and good things, then you start acting like whatever you've been feeding on. And you continue like that, you get bound by what you're doing. And then after that, it begins to define who you are. That becomes your character. And that's not where you started. And finally, when you look at your life after several years, wherever you have landed and wherever you will be, it all started with just a thought. Isn't it amazing how God says we must Bring down every thought to the obedience of Christ. And think thoughts of the kingdom and fight those thoughts. Rather fight it when it's still a thought than have to fight it off when it's already something that has bound you and it's a habit. Or when already it's your destiny. But like I said, and I want to say it again, the good thing about God is no matter how far our life gets, no matter how bad things get, there's still a second chance with God. But remember, that second chance is not just God doing it by himself. God's going to get you into action mode. And you will be able to do something. Can I hear a good amen? amen? Tell your neighbor God is a good God. Tell the other neighbor God is a good God. Tell the other neighbor, God is a good God. Law number four. Law number four. We reap more than we sow. And this one is a, tif- it's a difficult one. We reap more than we sow. This is a sobering fact. It's nicer if we sow what's good. Yeah. <laughs> then we will bountifully receive from the hand of God. But the sad part is when you sow what is bad. When you sow what is evil. Now you know that farmers sow bountifully and they may have their crop destroyed by drought or tornado. And they may not be able to reap because of some factors. But all things being equal. When they sow bountifully, then they're going to reap bountifully. But this law is spoken about in the Bible. Both in the positive and in the negative. Look at Proverbs 22, verse 8. It says, he who sows iniquity will reap vanity. The rod of his fury Will perish. Very interesting. They sow iniquity, they reap vanity. The word iniquity and word vanity are very interesting. The word vanity is better translated as calamity or trouble. So somebody sows what is bad, then they reap calamity or trouble. But it also means sorrow, distress, misfortune, and emptiness. In other words, it stresses trouble that moves to the person who sows what is wrong. And this trouble, when we read about it in Genesis thirty-five eighteen, Deuteronomy twenty-six fourteen, Hosea nine four, it's a trouble that is associated with death or adverse circumstances. So in other words, when we allow iniquity to be what we sow, if we go about being people who want to do bad things to people, think bad about people, try to get people in a spot, we go around talking about plotting against people, working on their downfall, and that's all we do, one day Allah is going to end up in a very bad place. But at the same time, when we saw what is good, when we saw what is positive, the good comes our way. Now listen to this. This is important. When you understand this principle, then you will learn to be intentional about your sowing. You will sow in the direction of where you want to see your life getting to. You will be intentional about what you sow and how much you sow. See, David, even if he sinned against the Lord and even if things went back, when he confessed to the Lord, somehow God still says about the man, he's a man after my own heart. Though things went downhill, God intervened in his life. So when you learn this law, then you understand that you need to be consistent in doing what's right. That's what we learned in Galatians 6. It tells us that we should not be weary in doing well. Why? Because in due season you will reap if you faint not. So it means, the question is, where do you see your life going? And the next question is, are you sowing in the direction of that life? Sowing in terms of decisions, actions, words, associations, what you read. Sowing in terms of resources. I was telling them, you know, when we were starting a church years ago, you know, before we built a church, I would say to our council, our board, let's give to this particular church because they are building. And and then they'd say, "Mara, we don't have a building. Mario, you are giving money away. And I said, no, I'm 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 activating a law. He says, I'm activating a law. You see, because I'm believing God that we will have a building one day, right? We are giving to people who are having a building or working on having a building. Because I knew. That's where I want us to go. So the question is in which direction are you sowing? In your spiritual life? In your career? In your family? Which direction are you sowing? So many people use every day of their lives sowing in the wrong direction. And we need to understand whatever we sow, God will give it in incremental portions. Amen. Let's close, Bazalan. We'll go to law number five later. When we learn to operate this principle, the good thing is this. Seeds are meant to grow when they get sown. And we've already learned that everything about life is seed time and harvest. Words are seeds. So, if you've been speaking wrong things over your life, and they have come about in your life, you know where you start? You start here. Begin to say the word of God over your life. Begin to speak God's word over your life. Now remember, in the same way that the outcome didn't come overnight, and this is why most people miss it. In the same way that the outcome didn't manifest overnight, it is in the same way that even when you are planting the right seed, it's not going to manifest overnight. You know, this is where people miss it when it comes to offerings and giving. You know? You may be in a situation in your financial life where you want to, you know, you're starting to learn to be faithful in your giving. So some people give a tithe one month, And the whole month they are looking if the windows are opening. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, I think he knows who he's talking about here. And then when when there's no visible change, then they stop. You know? What you want to do is to continue doing that. Continue doing that because there comes a time when things begin to change. Continue doing that. You know very well that if you go to the gym and you want to have a, a well-developed body, uh, if you go in there with one big cooler bag <laughs> and you want to reduce it to a six-pack, you don't go there and do 10 reps of sit-ups and then outside no. no. In fact, they will tell you, just counting to 10 is nothing. The only thing a lot's wrong is the extra gas in your stomach. <laughs> Anybody knows what I'm talking about. Just the extra gas from coke. That's what's going to come out. You haven't done anything yet. If, if you get a good trainer, the trainer will tell you, a 10 reps on your stomach is nothing. You haven't done anything. Just 10 reps and your stomach has got many sides to it, let's not go there. But, but if you look at people who are boxers, I'm talking about boxers, and you see them with their six-pack, go watch them do the workout, and how they train this part. Try doing some of that, then you'll have a six-pack. So just by going 10 reps, it's not going to work. Same thing, principle. Some of you in your walk with God, you see things are not working, but you're just doing 10 reps. There are people who are doing entry level spirituality. It never goes far. They pray once a week. They read the Bible when they're in trouble. They come to church when they're in crisis. Tell your neighbor, say, I wonder who he's talking about here. And then they don't understand when things don't work. And they say, No, God never responds to me. God doesn't, but God does. So we should be intentional about applying these laws. And I believe God will bless us. Will you raise your hands as I pray for you? Father, we want to thank you that the entrance of your word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. Thank you that we can be doers of your word and not hearers only. Help us to apply these principles. These laws of sowing and reaping. And understand that it's a principle, it's a law around which our lives revolve. Knowingly or unknowingly, we are constantly sowing and we are also reaping as a result of what we've sown. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation upon these, your children. I pray that every one of them, as they become intentional about their lifestyle, you'll guide them and you'll lead them. In Jesus' name we pray. You can put your hands down now. Keep your heads bowed, please, and your eyes closed as we pray now. You know, everything that we've preached and talked about all starts with receiving Christ as Savior and Lord. When Jesus comes into our lives, As I mentioned before, God steps in to interrupt the downward trend. Things going downhill in our lives. He comes in to interrupt and to bring in a new direction, a new season. To point us in a new and a direct way. Only if we can follow him. Only if we can allow him to work in our lives. And as we are here this morning, I, I know that there are people who've come here. Maybe you've been invited or you've come on your own, but when you look at your life, it's really not pleasing before God. And you know it. We're not here to condemn you. We're here to give you an opportunity for God to work in your life. God is interested in your life. God knows who you are. God is able to change whatever it is in your life. And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Right where you are, in your heart of hearts, you say, you know, I want to have a fresh start with God. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ that he should change me and make me a child of God. I want to have a new start in my life. I'm tired of my life going this way. I want it to go a different direction and I need prayer. If that is you, right where you are and you need prayer, would you just raise your hand right where you are? I want to lead you to Christ and I want to pray for you. Just raise it up. Let's see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for those hands. Without any shame, without any apology, raise those hands. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you so much. May I ask everybody who raised their hands, would you please just stand on your feet right where you are? Just stand on your feet. Just go ahead. Just stand on your feet. Right where you are. Just stand on your feet. It's a new day. Today starts the journey of planting a different seed in your life. Today. Today starts you on a journey where your life is about to go in a different direction. I want to ask everybody who's standing. Every one of you who raised your hands. I want to pray for you. Can you come from where you are standing? Take all your belongings and walk all the way to the frontier. Let's pray together. Just come. Come, let's pray for you. Give them a big hand as they walk. Baselanda.